All right, come on, give Jesus a bigger hand. It's been a long time. Jesus, we love you. Come on. All right, grab your seat. I've got 22 minutes. Greg, cut it down to 18. It's 22. All right. I want to say this. Uh, uh, I was going to speak on Fix It, but I have a breakout session at 1.30. And uh, so I'm going to go ahead and, and move it to there. I was praying about seven different things to talk about. How many know what I'm talking about? You have that stress. You're like, is it this one, this one? Then I whittled it down to three, and then I got down to two, and then I picked the one. And then right before service, Randy Bizet comes up and says, God says, preach the other message. You know, I'm like, what's up with that? You know, I don't need a friend like that. So anyways, <laughs> but I, I, I want to just give you a quick thing about the breakout um, I, I'm going to talk about fix it. Um, whose problem is it? Is it my problem? Is it their problem? Or is it God's problem? I've learned that I, I thought in ministry, every problem was my problem. And, and I became a workaholic. I, wear, I just had all the pressure on me. And next thing you know, I'm sinking. And then when I learned to delegate, when I learned that some of the problems were theirs, a lot of the problems were God's, and I was trying to uh, play his role and I, I learned where to put them. I learned that when I had to fire somebody, God wasn't going to do it. I had to do it. <laughs> I learned that when it came to raising money, I needed they did, them to do it, you know. And uh, I'll just talk about the miraculous. We had uh, uh, our son was miraculously healed of autism. That was put in God's category. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to talk about that. And at the end of it, I, I've asked Greg to join me and to uh, let's just pray for miracles to happen. But before I get into uh, what I really feel I'm supposed to talk about, I just want to give some honor. I just feel like I need to just take you down a, a road of honor. It's been said, and I agree with this, your resource is in your relationships. I believe that. Your resource is in your relationships. And I just want to take you down a little journey here. Uh, I met Dino Rizzo in Bible college. First day, we were in the gym. Roommates hadn't been fully assigned. We were playing basketball. And Dino was like throwing his weight around, and the other guy did not like it. And I was on Dino's uh, team. And Dino and this guy, we're at Bible college, first day of Bible college. And Dino just grabs the guy and starts choking him, you know? <laughs> we're on the basketball court, and I was like in on this. I was behind him. I'm like, jack him up, jack him up, take him out. I got your back. All 150 pounds of me. I'm like, come on, you know? And, and, and Dino turns around, he's like, we need to be roommates. Like, we need to, we need to hang together. And I met him there. It was amazing. We got into so much trouble, but it was so much fun. He introduced me to Chris uh, Hodges and Rick Bizet. He said, we're going to do a, a, a roundtable, and we're going to talk about uh, church planning and do that. I met these guys, and by the way, Chris, great word. Um, I just thank God that there's a lot of time between you speaking and me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so anyways. Uh, and then Rick, Rick makes me laugh. How many know that Rick is like the funniest guy? And I just, I, I also realized this, if Rick can do it, anybody can do it. So he helps me, you know, so I just love him. We all have our gifts. And uh, through them, I met Greg Surratt. And Greg Surratt, he has enlarged my world, and, and I'm indebted to you. You've, you've, you've enlarged my world and introduced me to so many different people. Um, I, I'll never forget when I got the call, he said, hey, John Maxwell wants to meet with a, uh, some of my friends, and I want you to be there. And I was glad to be Greg's friend. And, and then we went to hang out with John Maxwell, and we have a picture of this. I have a picture. Go ahead, show it. There's a picture of the art guys. Chris put it. You see Chris down there on the bottom? He hasn't changed. Greg had more hair. 
And if you look, Dino and I are standing behind John Maxwell, right behind him, because Dino said, he goes, get behind John. If they crop the picture, we'll still be in it. That's what he said. And, and I want to point out, look at the guy they cropped out. I don't know who he is. I don't know who that guy is. Was it Joe Champion? Okay. Got to get closer, you know. I met Scott and Billy Hornsby. I mean, I wish I was a Hornsby. I'm not sure if you're a Hornsby, if you can marry Bizet. I don't know how that works, but I wish I was a Hornsby. And I met them, and, and, and Billy introduced me to Peter Haas and Matt Keller and Matt Fry. And Billy said, hey, I'm bringing new people into your group. You've got to enlarge your circle. I want you to always have a place for the new guy and the little guy and the next world changer. And so they became friends of ours. This whole journey just kept going on. Um, I've met amazing people at conferences like this, but not in the ways that you think. It was during a break time. I was looking for a place to eat because my wife was hangry. How many know when your wife gets hangry, you're in trouble? And my wife was hangry, and I looked, and there was only two spots left at a table. It was a 12-seater, and there were two spots. I went over. I said, guys, my wife is hangry. you got to help me out. I said, if, if these aren't taken, I need to eat with you. And so I sat down next to Michael Murphy, who now uh, really helps us with ARC Australia, heading that up. And that happened just at a restaurant. I'd never met him before, and a friendship of years has blossomed out of just a hangry wife, an empty seat. <laughs> your resources in your relationships. I was at a conference like this, sitting towards the back, and I saw the VIP section, and I wanted so bad to be up there. And I'm sitting in the back in the missionary section. That's not an upgrade by the missionaries. You know what I'm saying? Where are you at, missionaries? Yeah, way back, right there, yeah. <laughs> I'm complaining to the Lord, and the Lord's like, I've got you right where I want you. You're next to Rod Plummer, and if you get to know him, you're going to plant churches in Japan. And now we've planted three churches in Japan. I'm telling you. I was on an airplane sitting next to a guy, just flying, just talking, what do you do, what do you do? I find out he's planting churches in India. That's led to an adventure now that our church has planted 4,000 churches in India. That was an expensive plane ride, but well worth it. <laughs> I'm telling you, I met David Meyer. He continues to open up the world and, and take me on adventures. Randy Bizet, again, just when our church was at our lowest point, Randy was the first one to send a check and say, we're with you, we're standing with you. I'm giving honor to whom honor is due. I mean, Joe Champion has made my world better. We had Kirk Cousins this last week at our church, and Joe Champion made the event 100% better because he told me, that I met him in Bible college. It's just amazing to think about where things have gone. Herbert Cooper and I have made our friendship real. We've walked through some things and made it very honest and made it real, real. I'm telling you, I've popped in on people on vacation, Todd and Julie, Benny and Wendy, Obed and Lizette, Tommy Barnett, because they live in amazing places. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I've, I've been active in my friendship with them. The Navy has a saying, if you fall overboard, you must be active in your own rescue. You say, I want more friends. The Bible says this, a man who wants friends must show himself friendly. I'm telling you this, Stovall Weems and I, we fish together for Mahi Mahi and we're fishers of men, which has led to so many different adventures. And when I think about this, how I met my wife was through relationships. I was bringing my brother to church camp. She was bringing her brother to church camp. And from that, we met each other. And I'm madly in love with my wife, Becca. From that, we have our two wonderful sons, Connor and Logan, and our beautiful daughter-in-law, Michaela. Can you guys stand up real quick? Your resource is in your relationships. 
And I just share all that with you because I didn't meet them in the green room. I met them in the dorm room at an open table and on an airplane. You see what I'm saying? I just, whoever God put in my life, and I think you want an upgrade on your seat assignment, and God has an amazing adventure sitting right next to you. All right? So I share that. So now let me get to what I was talking about. This is TED Talk, 13 minutes. All right. I want to see every PK in heaven. I want to talk to you about your preacher's kids. I want to see every preacher's kid in heaven. And I want us to just vow right now that anytime we run into a preacher's kid, we're going to ask them if they're living for Jesus. I went to the phone store the other day and he said, hey, I see you have an international travel plan on here and all this. What do you do? I said, I'm a pastor. And he said, oh, my dad's a pastor. And I looked at him. I said, hey, are you living for Jesus? I just went right for the jugular. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And he goes, whoa. I said, well, here's the deal. I know this, if you're not, your mom and dad are praying that you'd run into someone like me. That's what I said. And I said, and if you are, you're not offended, okay? Right? And so everywhere I, he said, I'm living for Jesus. I really am. I really, I really am. Not so sure, you know. But I want to see every PK in heaven, all right? So I want to talk to you about that. And here's what I learned. Right away, people came up to me in church. They said, oh, preacher's kids, preacher's kids. They're the worst. They're like Hophni and Phineas, Hophni and Phineas, Hophni. And I was just like, I'm so sick and tired of Hophni and Phineas. And you know the story in 1 Samuel chapter 2. Eli has two sons. I won't read it, but it's Hophni and Phineas, and it, they're doing terrible things, which is so bad. Late, uh, parents are sending their daughters to the, to the tabernacle to, to serve the Lord, and they're sleeping with them. How sad. They're saying, we want you to serve God. And then the, the preacher's kids are doing horrible things. Eli's like, it's horrible. God takes them out. But everybody would say that. Like, your kids are like, going to be like Hophni and Phineas, and preacher's kids are the worst kids. And I kept saying, no, I want my preacher's kids to be the best kids. And so I found in Luke chapter 3 about John the Baptist. And it says, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And I saw that scripture, and I said, John the Baptist was a preacher's kid. That's what I'm going to pray over my kids. My kids will be like John the Baptist. They will fulfill their destiny. They will be in heaven. They will do the right thing. And I claim that for our boys, and I want to give you some of the things that we did, my wife and I, with family vibes in mind, trying to just help you move this thing practically, because I want to see all preachers' kids in heaven. I I mean, I just want to see us, I I don't want us to lose the people that are closest to us, okay? So I I would start with this, pray for them. I would pray prophetically over them. I would pray that John the Baptist, you will preach the good news. You will fulfill your destiny. You are here for a purpose. I would pray prophetically over my children, but I would also pray systematically. I want you to know that in my journal every day, I have a virtue that I pray over each of my children. I also prayed over my daughter-in-law, and I think we have it. You can throw it on the screen. I have 31 virtues that I pray over my family, and each day is a sign each day. We made this for our church. I think they've got a link for you if you want to get it, but every day. So today I'm praying for their self-esteem, and I'm praying for that virtue over them, and I'm asking God to develop that. Why? If I'm not praying for them, who's praying for them? Okay? So I'm praying over them every single day. You got to pray for their salvation when they're young. Here's the thing. Do you realize that your kids know Jesus as your boss before they know him as their savior? 
That, that puts us at a unique, they, they gotta understand how is he your boss, but he's also our savior. And so you gotta pray for their salvation. Once a, okay, once a quarter, my wife and I gave our kids something to look forward to because I read Proverbs 13.2 or 13.12. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. I noticed in ministry that I was always doing this. Hey, someday we'll do that. You know, hey, we'll get there eventually. Or we'd have something planned and something would happen in the church and then we'd have to cancel it. And then my kids would look at me like, dad, I thought we were gonna do that. So once a quarter, I gave my kids something to look forward to that could not be moved. I mean, it could be moved. I said, and so if I was ever leaving on a call, I'd say, hey, what are we gonna go do? We're going to grandma's house, we're going to the lake. And it wasn't always expensive. It could have been grandma's house. It could have been, you know, a hotel with a pool. It could have been camping. No, we never took him camping. We never did that. <laughs> but I mean, you know your kids are preacher's kids when you're planning to go to Disney and they ask this question. If somebody dies, well, we're at Disney, do we have to leave Disney? They asked that at dinner and my mom was there and she goes, no. If somebody dies while you're at Disney, we're putting them in the freezer. You know? <laughs> we got back from Disney, the kids were like. <laughs> so once a quarter, give your kids something to look forward to because hope deferred makes the heart sick and they get infected that way, all right? When, they were, when I used them as a sermon illustration, I gave them $5. By the way, this is not retroactive, all right? Here's what I found. I found that I'd, they were great sermon material, but all of a sudden, I'd, they'd walk out of kids' church and people go, your parents used you, your dad talking about you. And I could just feel it. I could feel a wall coming up. And I was like, how can I change that? $5, right? And so my kids would come out of children's church and people would go, your dad used you. And they'd go, cha-ching, you know. And then I did, if you, I use one, I pay both because they started acting up, you know, trying to be material. <laughs> like, I need some cash. I'm gonna light something on fire, you know, like, no, don't do that. Man. Hey, when they were 10 years old, I said, it's your double digit birthday. Where do you wanna go? It was within reason, within a five state area. And I said, on your double digit birthday, mom and dad wanna celebrate in a special place with you. Connor uh, chose uh, a water park in Wisconsin Dells and Logan picked Yellowstone and we did that. We just had that special double digit thing. On that thought, like we vacationed with our kids and without our kids, okay? And they'd say like, why can't we go on this vacation? I said, because I love your mom more than you. You know what I'm saying? I said, I made a vow to her, we made you. That was fun. I mean, anyways, you know, never mind, okay. Never mind, all right. When they were 13, when they were 13, we had our boys pray over a globe. I gave him a globe. I said, pray over this. Right, you get, there's six continents that have people. One of those, we're going to want to go on a missions trip. We're going to go and see the world. God's going to speak to you which continent. So pray over that. As they prayed over it, they found the, the continent. And Connor says, Africa. Logan said, South America. And I gave them each when they were 13, a list of all the missionaries that we supported. I said, now you pray over that list. Who does God want us to go and visit? They prayed over it. You understand? I was helping them to own some responsibility of hearing the voice of God. And then they said, Connor said, we're supposed to go to Swaziland. That started us on a journey with Children's Cup. and was just amazing. But he heard the voice of God. And we went and did that. And Logan, we went to Argentina and did some wonderful ministry there. When they were 13, I had men in the church and the people on our staff speak into their life. We had a birthday party. It was real simple, pizza. I said, say one virtue you see in my child and give them a warning. 
Can you imagine what it was like to have the youth pastor speak over my son and say, hey, I should have a child your age, but I got a girl pregnant and we had an abortion and I, and I, I, I don't ever want you to have uh, premarital sex. And if you ever need to talk to somebody, I'd want to talk to you. That we formed their life. We shaped their life. I wanted them to grow up in the, to love the things of God. I'll tell you this, fight the right battles. Fight battles of the heart, but not about their hair. You know what I'm saying? Our youngest son, Logan, wanted a mohawk every year, so we made a deal with him. Last week of school, you can have a mohawk. All summer, you can have it, and then you gotta shave it off for school year. And somebody came up to me like, I can't believe you let his hair like that. I said, it's just hair, it's not his heart. It's not his heart, all right? Cheer him on, I'll tell you this, cheer him on. I told our kids, like, you will do more than us. You will, we, I, I'm cheering you on. I don't wanna do more, I want, I want you to do more than me. You're stepping on your mom and dad's shoulders. So we were cheering them on. And we told them with sports, we said, sports and different things, we're gonna be at about 70%. We'll try to be at more, but 70, get this in your mind, 70%. The world does not revolve around you. The world revolves around Jesus, okay? And so we're gonna serve him, we're gonna be as many things as we can, but there are things in ministry that are gonna take precedent over Tuesday night baseball game, but I won't miss your championship, I won't miss the final concert, I won't miss those things, but you gotta understand, we are on mission for God together, okay? Here's another important one. Complain on the porch. We'd complain about the church, in, in the room, and we thought the kids were over there playing, and one day our oldest son, Connor, comes up, he goes, hey, sometimes I pretend that I'm not listening, but I am. <laughs> I was like, we're going outside to complain, you know? And we never talk bad about the church in front of them ever again. Now, here's a couple things that'll fit with all the PKs. I'll give you some things we do, and then I wanna pray for wayward children, but give me a few minutes. Um, you modify this. If you say, we don't have a bunch of PKs, who are your key leaders? Modify, if you still have deacons or key leaders, whatever you have in your church, take care of their kids if you're a solo pastor. So just modify this, okay? But I do a handwritten birthday card to every preacher's kid in our church, and I give them a $30 gift card to Target. I wanna show you a couple pictures of some of these PKs that are standing there with gifts. Go ahead, throw them up there, roll them up. Just fire through them. They're, they send me these pictures after they get their gifts. And when I walk through the halls of the church, you know who hugs me the most? the PKs, and I say, I want you to love God, and I say, we love that you're a PK here, happy birthday, seven was one of my best birthdays, and I, and I give them, the, and they can't wait, and then they send me a text, and they're like, man, thank you, pastor. Once a quarter, I give them a coin from a missionary, one of our missionaries, and I say, this is from one of our missionaries. He's in Swaziland, and let's pray for Swaziland. Then I speak over them, and I say, maybe one of you will be called to Swaziland to reach people with the message of Jesus. Once a quarter, I do it. They're building up this collection. We have a VIP club. We, we ask the people in our church to go to one and serve at one, and if you go to one and serve at one, the second service for kids is a VIP club. They have bounce houses, pizza, they have video games, they have a movie show, and, and we, we make them go to church once and then just have fun in another room because we don't want it to wear down on them, all right? Twice a year, we do special services for our kids. We uh, do special days. We might rent like uh, for the PKs, for the PKs, or like I say, modify your deacons, kids, or key leaders or whatever. Twice a year, we do special things, like we'll rent out like a, a trampoline place, you know, a house, and we'll just let the kids just play and have fun. 
And then last week, we had Kirk Cousins with us, our, our starting quarterback from the Vikings. And, uh, you know, we had to pay a lot of money for that. And a lot of people will offset that with donors. And so I said, instead of having donors get to meet with Kirk Cousins, would it be okay if instead we paid for this event and we let the preacher's kids meet with Kirk Cousins? Because he's also a preacher's kid. Wouldn't it be cool if it, and everybody's like, yeah, 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 let's pay for this and let's let them meet. And I want you to see Kirk Cousins doing a little huddle with our PKs here. He's standing there and he's doing a little huddle and he's speaking to our PKs. I think we got a picture. Yeah, here's Kirk Cousins there and he's speaking over all the PKs. Then go ahead and show the group picture. Show the group, look at that. And he took a picture and then he's high-fiving all the PKs. You know what? The donors could have went to the corporate headquarters and shown their picture with Kirk Cousins, but I would rather have the preacher's kids saying, we had a moment with him, and he prayed over the preacher's kids. So I wanna do this with the last minute that I have. I wanna pray for any wayward children. I wanna see every preacher's kid in heaven. And I know that this is the area where we hurt the most. If it's vulnerable, you're saying, you know what, this is my area. I've got a wayward child or a child that's really concerning me. I know it's very real, I know it's very vulnerable, but I'm asking right now that in this place, we pray for one another. And if you're saying that's me, I'm gonna ask you in just a minute to stand and just be bold enough to say, hey, I want you to pray. I know you've already prayed 100 prayers, 1,000 prayers, but we wanna come into agreement. Let's not have our family vibes without praying for the people that we love the most, that hurt us the deepest, that we wanna see come back, come on. Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. You need to pray that over them, and I know you have. We wanna pray with you. So if you have a wayward child, you just wanna say, hey, I want prayer, stand up all across this place. Say, I want, I want prayer for a wayward child. Right now, here and in the auditorium, other rooms, come on, stand up, stand up, stay standing. You have a wayward child, come on, this is very real. I wanna give you a minute. If that's you, if that's you, I want you to stand. Now, the people around them, come on, stand up around them, lay hands on them, ask them their child's name. Ask them their child's name right now. I wanna pray for them by name. I wanna pray for them by name. All preachers' kids in heaven in Jesus' name. Pray like it's your kid right now and fight with them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. 